This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. This is yours truly, Cherry Agarwal. And on the panel today, we have desk writer Gaurav Sarkar. Hello, Gaurav. Hi, Cherry. Back on time? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been and what have you been up to? Currently, uh, bitching on the last episode of Game of Thrones and retrospectively the entire season, actually, now that I think about it. So why do you guys spend so much time on it if you just want to lambast Seven it? years is not so much time. It's just seven, <laughs> seven years. Seven years is not so much time. <laughs> it's just seven years. We also have our head of research, Ayush Tiwari, who's also the new Metro manager. Right, Ayush? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> what is this? You're mistaking me for manager? someone else. <laughs> Who is this person you were getting for this podcast, but you mistook him for me? So apparently in the last podcast, Ayush was in fact-checked and he was like, I managed the Metro when he was talking about he has to take the metro he has to manage with the metro when his bike na, is in there na, 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 na. <laughs> so also from NL Hindi we have a correspondent Basant Kumar hi Basant hello Basant has been doing some fabulous reporting from NL Hindi right Basant what have you been up to Okay then. I, on the other hand, am happy to report it's almost the end of May and I'm yet to switch on my air conditioner. Hashtag less pills. Small <laughs> wins, huh? How, how, how have you not switched on your air I have really cool house. Which no, you're a good That is true, but I really have a cool house which is... Okay. Three floors above my house and there are buildings all around. So I really yeah, you have a ground floor and it's very caved in. Yeah. Yes. Okay. True. And uh, Ayush Kaurav Pasan, now that electioneering is coming to an end, how different your life will be? I think in a way it'll be tougher because like so much of the dope that is now readily available in the main news cycle will not be there, you know. So you'll have to like proactively look for more stuff, mm-hmm. find out more stuff. Yeah, I mean, the f- that fun you get, the zing factor when you're reading a newspaper every day that have been you know, really, re- really relishing in the last one month, that'll go. I think I'm actually happy that election is winding down. This has just been Same. so much of politics, politics, politics. interview. <laughs> हर आदमी इंटरव्यू के पीछे पड़ा हुआ था स्टोरी थी नहीं मुद्दे थे नहीं मतलब बोर हो गया मैं इस चुनाव से तो बट आई वुड लाइक टू डिफर सम देयर हैव बीन सम रियली फैंटास्टिक ग्राउंड रिपोर्ट्स स्पेशली द एनएल सेना रिपोर्ट्स अनुमेहा नेहास रिपोर्ट अनुमेहा झारखंड रिपोर्ट वाज एक्सीलेंट नो आई थिंक ही इज टॉकिंग अबाउट लाइक बिग शॉट रिपोर्ट इंटरव्यूज इन जनरल जस्ट लाइक द मोदी रागा आई मीन इन जनरल आई एग्री दैट इट बिकम्स अबाउट पॉलिटिशियंस रादर देन इश्यूज व्हिच इज समथिंग Pratik was mentioning in the last podcast that we need to focus on issues, especially the regional media. We always do it. We talk about the news laundry. Now you're a blue tick, brother. Lakshman. you'll have to do more ground reports for that. But uh, should we move on towards the discussion? Let's okay. Today we'll be discussing exit polls, the questions one must ask of these exit polls why the coverage given to these exit polls must be reined in, the indulgence of news channels with the exit poll numbers. We'll also be talking about the looming water scarcity. We'll also be discussing Pragya Thakur's comment on Nathuram Godse and Prime Minister Narendra Modi's Kedar visit. Gaurav, what will you be talking about? Well, uh, I'll give you guys some dope on the MJ Akbar Priya Ramani hearing that happened yesterday. It was a three-hour deposition cross-examination of MJ Akbar done by Rebecca John. So we'll primarily discuss that and we'll also discuss the passing away of a legendary F1 racer called Nikki Lauda who died at 70 and he has one of the greatest backstories ever. Okay, before we deep dive, I really want to give a huge shout out to our producer, Parikshit Sanyal, Ooh. for his dogged efforts, aka weekly WhatsApp reminders to ensure we record on time. You do that, not him. Hello, he does that. Even yesterday, oh. he was asking to record. Yesterday, he did it, yes. Even before that, he, he asks. Sorry, our Parikshit. <laughs> <laughs> and as Parikshit would testify, putting together a podcast takes a lot of time, effort, resources, people. So do consider subscribing and joining 
our growing tribe and also listeners if you listen to our podcast on any other app like spotify stitcher or itunes don't forget to go to our website www.newslaundry.com to check out the other cool stuff that we do and we already have a new channel so, yeah, so our podcasts are available there also do check that out so got a first up what's been underreported oh uh, something that was underreported in the last 24 to 36 hours is the death of uh, former f1 racer nikki lauda he died at the age of 71 uh, usually we don't discuss sport or like anything else on this podcast cuz cherry is not really a big fan of sport no but you can bring it up if you want So okay so over lunch we were discussing as to why his death holds a certain importance um Nikki Lauda back in 76 if i'm not wrong he uh he's this calm demeanor sort of f1 racer who's very calculated and he doesn't take like unnecessary risks but his calculations are so spot on that he kept coming first in the championship his arch nemesis and also like completely inverse to his character is this guy called James Hunt who is who has like long hair who's like a womanizer drinks champagne after matches etc etc he used to keep coming second all the time and back then lauda and uh, hunt it came down to first second place and the last match of the grand prix was left and it was taking place in uh, it was taking place at a very very slippery and like rainy track in germany and nikki lauda being the calculative person that he is went up and told the race guys that uh you know we shouldn't be racing under these circumstances but ethan but uh, james hunt came and said that oh you're already first so if we call off this race then the entire championship will go to you so i don't get a fair shot and let's remember that ethan hunt is like very reckless he takes like really sharp turns around etc etc the race started because all the drivers are like no even we want a fair shot etc nikki lauda kicked off he was first and towards the end of the last few laps his car exploded it crashed it exploded and he was burned from head down to toe like his entire helmet was on and his face was on fire it's one gruesome but given that it's election season and we were just discussing how there there's limited crown reporting how the focus must be on mm. that for indian people why do you think this story should have received for, more uh, attention ra- for f1 racers people who watch their championship a lot uh for it's it's like probably saying that beckham passed away you know for like a united fan or like mm-hmm. eric antona passed away but the the back story of lauda is such that once this he caught fire once he had such a bad accident he trained for the entire year he couldn't put on his helmet cuz his face was burnt Shit, yeah, he trained the entire year he came back the next year and he won the championship under those circumstances wow so there's a there's a movie called mm. rush also if either of you guys have watched it it's a 2013 film chris hemsworth damn good you guys should definitely check it and out and because of the history that he has had you think it should have received more coverage his death yeah i so it's not like it's not received coverage but it's received the usual 6 8 10 this guy passed mm. away etc etc achievements but no one really like someone should someone like the new yorker should do like a proper deep story talk to his family about what happened back then like a prof, proper good profile yeah like mm. spend some time give, give give this guy the respect it deserves बस yeah. पूरे इलेक्शन में सबसे कम अटेंशन किस बात को मिला कश्मीर में 16 मई के दिन एक लड़के जो जिसकी उम्र 14 साल थी असीम अहमद उसका नाम था वो उसके 60 साल के पिता को पत्थरबाजी के आरोप में जेल में रखा गया था वो अपने okay. पिता से मिले सोपियान के एसएसपी थाने एसएसपी ऑफिस गया वहाँ से लौट रहा था इनकाउंटर के दौरान उसको पायलट लग गया और वो अभी अस्पताल में है इस स्टोरी को इंडियन मीडिया सॉरी इंडियन मीडिया ना कहें जो दिल्ली की मीडिया ने कोई स्पेस नहीं दिया स्पेस क्यों देना चाहिए ये ये मैं इसलिए कह रहा हूँ कि काफ़ी लंबे समय से बात चल रही है कि पैलेट्स गन का इस्तेमाल नहीं होगा राजनाथ सिंह भी कई बार कह चुके हैं वहाँ जब वहाँ जाते हैं गृह मंत्री के रूप में तो कहते हैं कि हम पैलेट्स गन के इस्तेमाल पर रोक लगाएंगे मैं कुछ आंकड़े आपको दें पैलेट्स गन से कितना नुकसान हुआ है जब बुहरान बानी का इनकाउंटर हुआ दो में उसके बाद एमनेस्टी इंटरनेशनल ने एक रिपोर्ट जारी किया कि बुहरान के इनकाउंटर के बाद जो पूरा लंबे समय तक वहाँ 144 लगा रहा उसमें 6000 लोग पैलेट गन से घायल हुए जिसमें से सात लोग लोगों के आंखों में पैलेट लगा और आपको पता होगा कि शरीर के किसी और हिस्से में पैलेट लगे तो तकलीफ नहीं होती वो वैसे भी नॉर्मल नहीं होता है हल्का जख्म होता है लेकिन जब आंख पे लग जाए तो रोशनी चली जाती है और इतफाक से उसी दौरान मैं कश्मीर में रिपोर्टिंग करने गया था तो मैं उस लड़की से भी मिला था श्रीनगर में और मैं कम से कम पचास लोगों से मिला था एक गाँव में रोहमो उस गाँव का नाम है 
उस गांव में पचास लोगों से मिला था कोई दसवीं क्लास का लड़का कोई पंद्रह बारहवीं का लड़का कोई बीए कर रहा है कोई रोजगार कर रहा है जिनके आंखों में पैलेट लगा हुआ है और एक बार पैलेट लगने के बाद आदमी देख नहीं पाता तो पूरा करियर खराब हो जाता है तो मेरा आपसे सवाल ये है आप खुद ही कह रहे हैं ये मतलब है जब एक लड़के को चौदह साल के लड़के की आँख में पैलेट लगता है वो अपने पिता की जिनकी उम्र साठ साल है वो पत्थर मारने में मतलब एक तरीके से प्रशासन की भी देखा जाए कि एक 60 साल का आदमी जो लगभग शायद काफी एजेड हो चुके होते हैं वो पत्थरबाजी में कैसे शामिल हो सकते हैं चलिए वो तो इन्वेस्टिगेशन का मामला है उससे मिल के आ रहा है उसको पैलेट लग जाता है जी। और मीडिया और तमाम ह्यूमन राइट्स के बात करने वाले लोग इस पर सवाल उठाते रहे तो कम से कम दिल्ली की मीडिया जो दिल्ली में है बड़े बड़े अखबार अगर इसको इस मुद्दे को उठाते उसकी तस्वीर आप देखेंगे तो आपको हैरानी होगी तो मुझे लगता है कि इस मुद्दे को उठाती तो शायद पैलेट गन पे सख्ती के साथ सरकार पेश आती और उस पर प्रतिबंध लग जाता सो यू सींग की मे बी नॉट जस्ट दिस पर्टिकुलर इंसिडेंट बट यूजिंग दिस इंसिडेंट एज अ पेग एड्रेसिंग द लार्जर इश्यू ऑफ पैलेट गन्स बट लोकल एडमिनिस्ट्रेशन ने इस पर्टिकुलर इंसिडेंट पे कुछ कहा है हैव दे टेकन अ स्टैंड नहीं ऐसा तो कुछ सामने नहीं आया लेकिन जब मैं वहाँ पे रिपोर्टिंग कर रहा था तो मैं सेना के लोगों से मिलता था ऑफ द रिकॉर्ड वो बताते थे कि अभी जो हालात हो जाते हैं कई बार इनकाउंटर के दौरान कि लोग मिलिटेंट्स को सुरक्षित करने लगते हैं और मिलिटेंट्स को बचाते हैं तो उस हालत में हमें मजबूरन पैलेट यूज करना पड़ता है लेकिन कई बार जो वहाँ के लोग हैं हम किसको भरोसा करें लेकिन कई बार सेना ऐसे भी थोड़ा सा माहौल शांत करने के लिए पैलेट का इस्तेमाल कर देती हैं एक चीज़ मैं ये जोड़ना चाहता हूँ कि पैलेट का जो वो था जो ज़रूरत थी वो जानवरों के लिए थी पशु पक्षियों के लिए घायल करने के लिए लेकिन 2010 से कश्मीर में इसका इस्तेमाल हो रहा है भारत से बाहर कहीं इस्तेमाल नहीं होता इंसान के लिए भारत में भी कश्मीर के अलावा कहीं इंसानों के लिए इसका इस्तेमाल नहीं होता है आई थिंक वी डेफिनेटली नीड अ मोर कॉम्प्रिहेंसिव ग्राउंड रिपोर्ट टू डिस्कस दिस इशू बट गौरव टू यू एंड बसंत बोथ सिंस वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट मीडिया कवरेज ऑफ एन इशू वन ऑफ द रूल्स ऑफ जर्नलिज्म और वन ऑफ द वेज ए न्यूज साइकिल और न्यूज़ रिपोर्ट वर्क इस प्रॉक्सिमिटी right when we are talking about delhi media it doesn't have proximity to let's say germany yeah. it doesn't have proximity to let's say kashmir it is important and kashmir is kashmir is india right germany is hmm. still international so i mean do you still think uh god of coming to you it should have received more attention by the indian media i think geographical boundaries are trumped by uh, a certain section of people being interested in a particular thing you know so like people who play chess across the world might come together even though like they're from different countries and they might discuss the sport in general so geographical proximity is there of course it's one of the main aspects of journalism that i have to be close to a source of news to be able to relate to it but what if the my interest in that particular subject trumps the geographical border hmm. i think in that case it works out pretty well basant coming to you about kashmir do you think the delhi media uses this distance as an excuse to not report on certain important stories ha isme koi do raha nahi hai ki aap kashmir ka mamla le le ya uttarakhand ka hi mamla le le yes north east ka mamla le le delhi media नहीं कवर करती है और असर दिल्ली मीडिया के रिपोर्ट पे ही होता है क्योंकि मान लीजिए कश्मीर में तो एक लोगों के मन में होता है कि कश्मीर के लोग अपने लोगों का पक्ष रखेंगे अगर कोई दिल्ली का जर्नलिस्ट जाकर उसको कवर करता है तो मुझे लगता है उसका असर ज़्यादा होगा और जिस तरीके से ग्राउंड रिपोर्टिंग की कमी हुई है मतलब जर्नलिज्म में उससे लगता है कि मतलब कहाँ कोई कोई भी ऑर्गेनाइजेशन इतना खर्च कर पा रहा because when you asked him why does this story deserve any more importance than use of pellet guns in general doctors are doctors are saying that this 14 year old boy is not going to get his vision back so it's very different than just being attacked by a pellet gun no but these this has been yesterday jammu and kashmir civil society released a report about torture mm-hmm. and there have been so many reports about use of pellet guns where people have lost eyesight it's not not just this young boy so my point was why this particular story and he the issue of pellet guns definitely needs much more attention hmm and actually if you want to find out more we've done a podcast on this called let's talk about kashmir where oh, there's yeah. a segment on whether 
pellet guns are actually effective or not so listeners can check that out but just one bit adding to what pasant was saying i think delhi journalists going there okay there might be this little bit ki wahan ke reporters will might have some bias in the report but i don't think we can do away with the importance of local reporters and parachuting from delhi to report on ground reports ground realities which delhi media might not understand Lekin, is uh, very agar, tricky main agar ek cheez dekhe to jo bahar ground matlab patrakaron mein hi baatcheet hoti hai to ऐसा लगता है बातचीत के दौरान कि कश्मीर के लोग जो कश्मीर के जर्नलिस्ट हैं उनको लगता है कि जो दिल्ली की मीडिया है उनके खिलाफ है और जो दिल्ली के रिपोर्टर हैं उनको लगता है कि कश्मीर का कोई रिपोर्टर लिख रहा है तो अपना पक्ष ज्यादा डालेगा their stringer lobby in kashmir is just so tight compared to anywhere else you know it's tough to and penetrate also that understanding i think even if let's say a delhi reporter goes there it shouldn't just be he's going to go there for this if he has an understanding if she has an understanding of what's happening if they have an understanding and a hold over the issue then yes for sure go for it yeah, but it cannot be you parachute there do nee, a report nee, and come back ayush moving on coming to you what have you been up to what did you think was underreported so actually there's a very interesting report on print uh, by snehesh on the psychological operations between snehesh philip yes uh, between india and pakistan after balakot and it uh, the story goes that the pa the pakistani air force has uh, these patches new patches on the uniform which show the indian uh, jet plane the mirage 21 being eaten by a dragon uh dragon because it's a that's a chinese symbolism and they claim that the jf 17 is what killed the they claim the jf 17 is what you know down the indian plane and that jf 17 mm. is manufactured by china so they they show that these patches are being used officially used on the uniforms of uh, military personnel from both the countries the patches are not official the oh, patches okay. are usually matter of pride even different squadrons have different patches okay. so there is one with this dragon eating of the indian plane <laughs> and there's another one which says um, it shows two indian planes uh-huh. and you know there's a cross on them a red cross wow. and it goes no Invader. right to flee unlawful aircrafts are eternally grounded and impounded so that kind of language and we responded to that by <laughs> printing our with own um, printing our own uh, thing but the thing is with what do we us, have we have modi's face no yeah <laughs> <laughs> not yet that's 2019 or 24 modi with a dragon yeah. targaryen actually so ours is uh, so the one what we know is the ours patch we've used is only for abhinandan squadron only they have uh-huh. used this and it shows uh, uh, mig 21 and it says falcon slayers and falcon is what the pakistani airplanes are called but i see got a so. obsession with got slipping into all his analogies <laughs> <laughs> and there are i mean this is a podcast so obviously one can't see these patches but i would definitely you know refer the listeners to this article it's called after balakot pakistani and indian air forces are now fighting war of uniform patches so and the link just, will be right under this podcast yeah and it just gives an insight into how you know psychological operations and either these are very minor ones but correctly if i'm mistaken over here patches mm. are a regular thing across military uniforms in the air force yeah, across yeah. the world if i'm not wrong yeah some but patches definitely are a lot like i think the uh, in the us when you fl- i don't know if you've seen it there's this one fighter plane that has like eyes in the front and it has teeth as well it's one mm-hmm. of the raptors right so people who fly those have a certain patch as well over here which signifies that i belong to this particular right. squadron right but in this did we have patches before this did, yeah, did yeah we have patches i'm sure there are official patches which as a member of the air force or the navy you have to have but, but there are also patches but this pakistan context is what yeah. is new you can get i mean if you're a squadron and you've fought in a certain battle hmm. then you can get a separate patch for your you know own squadron this is a small community pride thing but i do want to ask you what makes this story important given that again yahi mera bhi sawal it's so cool but i think it's a really cool story no, i i yeah i think it's cool but what is important is psychological uh, warfare is you know very as important as physical warfare i And wouldn't really call important. this warfare what's the scale of this that I mean, we what, can call it warfare psychological operations then <laughs> i mean but it's still part of putting one down using just you know these very mean 
and rude patches i mean he said it's not even also, official being used by officials let me tell you how it's also very political so mm-hmm. the we claim that the planes used by the pakistani was the f18 mm-hmm. now pakistanis can't use f18 in combat, combat because mode. they have a treaty with the united states so they claim it's a jf17 which is china and in that patch they put a dragon so there's this politics of symbolism at play here also because they're wo jhoot bol rahe hain wo sabko pata hai but they're also reinforcing that jhoot on their own uniforms but now. it's not being used officially right so how much i mean i can start making patches does that make it really important you can't put anything also obviously it's not ki humne patch banaya hai to wo dal denge it has to go so if you read the piece mm-hmm. you need an approval from your squadron leaders uh-huh. i think you know it also boosts like the morale of squadrons yeah. right in general ki yeah. we're a tribe now <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on one of the most underreported things this election season i feel is the water scarcity and how it is yet to become an electoral issue i see the look you're giving me and i'll ayush is giving me this weird look uh like is it really really water scarcity no i didn't because i just had water and then you said water scarcity <laughs> that's why i gave you the look oh okay yeah. but i think this has been underreported because of also the scale of water scarcity which is really alarming the center has issued a drought advisory to six states six states can you believe it this includes maharashtra gujarat karnataka andhra pradesh telangana and tamil nadu the center sent out this advisory after water storage in dams dropped to critical level what does this mean this means that water in dams is 20% lesser than the average we're not talking about the full capacity. city we're talking about the average and 20% lesser than the average let me put this in perspective what do i mean by water scarcity and why do i think it should be an electoral issue right 26 reservoirs in maharashtra have reached zero storage as of may 18th 26 reservoirs wow. just in one state right this means what does zero storage means this means at the current water levels water cannot be drained out using the regular outlets they have to be pumped out now In Nasik district the scarcity of water is forcing villagers to break the dam gate and the Dhanoli dam they broke the gate to divert water unfortunately the breach led to the flooding of the farms around and finally the police had to arrest this, these six people who broke the dam i mean people are being forced to go and break the gate of the dam for water yeah and it's surprisingly nasik falls in just near the uh, western ghats you know mm-hmm. when the plain deccan ends and the ghats begin and if you go there in the monsoon there is so much water so it just makes me wonder ki itna barish hone ke baad and these are so many dams if you go trekking around mm-hmm. the hills you come across dam at most random places mm-hmm. and wahan pe pani nahi hai because i've always seen these dams you know replenished but in the summer yeah this is from your, this is from your simbi days or from my simbi days yeah from my simbi days yeah but it's not just there right several villages have been receiving water in tankers now if there's no water they have to rely on tankers but the tankers are only coming thrice in one day mm-hmm. let's move from maharashtra let's come to gujarat the water shortage is so acute that people in navsari village are being forced to drink polluted water ha wahi main keh raha tha ki abhi maharashtra mein aur gujarat mein to bahut bure halat hai log मतलब मैं एक तस्वीर देख रहा था शायद दैनिक भास्कर की रिपोर्ट थी कि वो लोग मतलब एक सूखा हुआ झील है शायद उसमें से पानी निकाल रहे हैं उसको कपड़े से साफ करके पी रहे हैं इट्स टेरिबल द सिचुएशन और महाराष्ट्र में तो और भी बुरी स्थिति है कहा जा रहा है कि शायद 40 या 45 साल बाद इस स्थिति में पहुंच इतना बड़ा सूखा पड़ा हुआ है बट हैव इन रेनफॉल्स दैट हैव बीन फोरकास्टेड राइट नाउ शो दैट लाइक इट्स गोइंग टू बी अ हेवी टू गुड रेन one thing that they have said is the rainfall is also delayed which is why there's also rationing happening in mangalore because even after the rationing schedule they are not going to be able to meet the water demands for the next month i will come to mangalore also but let's move from gujarat to goa a pan goa survey released on may 9th which was last week it was done by goa livelihoods forum on non-profit think tank it revealed that four of the five sub districts 60% of the respondents have said that the water shortage is acute and these are regions ravaged by mining which means the water is being used for that and people don't have enough water to drink and in any of these areas who gets impacted the most people who are marginalized right again let me contextualize this what does this mean when we talk about 
marginalized people being most impacted in Mara village. This village is in Madhya Pradesh's Morena Lok Sabha constituency, right? In this village, there's a singular hand pump in the village and socially dominant, even though the Gujars are uh, under the OBC category, they're socially dominant to the Adivasis who live there. And they have taken ownership of the hand pump, which is supposed to be used by all the villagers. Now, the Adivasis are forced to walk four to five kilometers every day, spend about five to six hours just to get water. They are walking under the blazing heat just to get water. I mean, the water scarcity is intense and we still don't have this as an electoral issue. And the media is doing bits and pieces my coverage. And there's no There was a, a Hindustan Times report from Bede in Maharashtra and one of the activists was quoted as saying ki, because the elections were on, the candidates were ensuring that there was a supply of water. And then he said, but once the voting gets over, then the real impact will be seen because then people would stop doing that. No, just a <laughs> question here is also that does uh, does like water scarcity or the importance of water does it play a role in electoral politics i mean it should you, right it should for sure but then for that you also need to change the mindset of the electorate because i don't think they're going to sway voters by pitching that we have less water i think it will make a difference it's like agar abhi bhi dekhen, this is something we i was discussing when i was in south delhi constituency that we are still talking about bijli and road and pani hmm. So, I mean, if people are still struggling for the basics after 70 years of independence and water is something that we have just taken for granted, but now this is hitting the lives across states, right? We just covered Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh and Goa. There's another example from Jharkhand and then there's Karnataka. You can see Delhi. In Delhi, I go out of my house and I go out of my house and I go out of my house. It feels like now it's a fight. Last एक मर्डर भी हो गया था पानी को लेकर संगम बिहार में आप जाइए लोग पानी के लिए मतलब मारपीट भी हो जाती है उस वहीं पे छोटे-छोटे बच्चे पानी भरने के लिए सुबह से लग रहते हैं अभी मैं पिछले दिनों लोकसभा चुनाव के दौरान एक गांव में गया था वहां महिलाओं का काम बस पानी भरना है सुबह 6 बजे से 12 तक और शाम 3 से रात 8 तक तो ये दिल्ली की स्थिति है आप महाराष्ट्र बिहार को तो छोड़ ही दीजिए and uh, you know there are some peripheral things also like for example in bombay the scarcity of water will lead to things like a organized tanker ma- t- tanker mafia you know yeah. who controls the price etc of these and that then becomes problematic because not only do you have a shortage of water now you have to pay more to get wa- your hands on any kind of water and yeah. like i was talking about that uh, marginalized communities being mm. impacted more so that hand pump which is supposed to be used by all the villagers mm. is being used by the socially dominant gujars in the village and these people are now charging 200 bucks for a tanker for like an eight can uh, for they're charging 200 bucks for eight cans of water people do not have enough money to make ends meet they have mm. to pay 200 bucks Shade. for water and that is how is a family supposed to survive on that so i guess when you look at it this way yeah it should be a part of electoral politics for sure but i just don't think that the average indian voter is environmentally like conscious it or depends cares. on who you think your average indian voter is Average Indian voter really like you'd be able to sway him with the with the water scarcity. My pitch. next example will tell you that it is impacting people. People are just coming on the ground and protesting in Mangalore, where water scarcity has been termed as alarming by the deputy commissioner. Water supply to the entire city, as I mentioned earlier, is being rationed. Hmm. So residents get continuous supply for 96 hours, followed by no water supply for 72 hours. You're living three days without water. People can't bathe. People are saying that they don't have water after they go and shit. So three days without water supply, people, residents are coming out and saying that your water management plan is shit. We need water. But what is the administration supposed to do? Because they're like dams are hitting zero storage. Mm. And if we pump out water, it's going to impact the efficiency of the dam. It's going to impact the dam structure. In Chhattisgarh, for example, locals are conducting foot marches to protect the Indravati River. The water level is so less that the river is going to dry out. And if the river dries out, people won't have any source of water, but it will also impact the local Mm. ecosystem, right? So, I mean, it is becoming an electoral issue. People are demanding that water, there is a water rationing or a water saving plan. But I think it's just... Going 96 hours without water is just unbelievable, man. Yeah. In another part of Karnataka, M. Nareka workers are giving up work because they're searching for water. So, I mean, just the impact scale of water scarcity is huge. 
and i don't think i have seen like a very comprehensive detailed long form story to sort of bring to light how important this is basant ko dal dete story pe abhi wo to main jaa hi raha hu maharashtra are kya baat hai so this is why i really thought like given the scale i really thought this was super underreported a very good uh, resource for you know i think a book i read in college which actually predicted this i don't know when it would actually happening but was praful bedwai who was uh, one of the great indian historians of the communist party of india and he wrote a book on the climate change in the indian subcontinent mm-hmm. and i think the most exhaustive chapter on that book talks about how the underground levels in the subcontinent especially in the northern part of the subcontinent has hit it's not uh, i wouldn't even say historical low but almost a uh, uh, physiological geological low because historical would be history of man but physiological would be history of you know even going back before man so it's so really bad definitely so one should check that out and moving from from here from uh, what other issues that have been underreported aish what did you think was overreported this past week i think what was overreported um, just before the f- we went into polling because then they have the exit polls and definitely we'll come to that but what was before that creating headlines was uh, miss thakur's comment on mr godse <laughs> yeah we are talking about bjp candidate yes, she's on a roll yeah so she said uh, i mean she look what we know for what we know about her is that she's been very cautious about saying things and people in madhya pradesh political leaders in madhya pradesh have made sure that they keep an eye out for whatever she's speaking because she's already indulged in a lot exactly. of controversy so uh, pragya singh thakur broke into the headlines once again and this time it was because while she was doing a rally in bhopal just an ani reporter just slyly <laughs> creeped in his mic and asked her a question about what she thinks about kamal hasan's statement that uh, godse was the first hindu extremist you know in of independent india mm-hmm. and she obviously said ki godse deshbhakt the deshbhakt hai aur deshbhakt rahenge all that and that created a lot of uh, actually justifiable over reporting in the media mm-hmm. and i think what was the the factor that actually made it so worthy of over reporting is because of the sort of see politicians are involved in scandals all the time bjp has a history of mla saying very stupid things in the last 5 years but the novelty of the scandal is what really touched and drawn a very deep inside robin was the last time you remember when the bjp or even modi hmm. retracted something publicly you know scolded the one of their mlas or one of their mps for saying something stupid okay. i can't bjp might have done it pm modi to i don't even remember amit saab amit saab bhi bole ki hum unse maaf karte even amit shah modi ji ne kaha ki hum dil se maaf nahi karenge exactly so for i mean you realize how raw nerves this thing it touched when mm-hmm. they came out and said this but then when you're saying that there's this novelty then why do you think it was overreported see bjp and modi ji are fighting the elections based on the national card national security national identity and here we are talking about nathuram godse and here we are talking about mk gandhi so it's justified it's important so why is it overreported then because it's important right no but then how is it over reported then it got the headlines that it deserved yeah and that's why it was over reported which is which i and i started out by saying it was justifiably over reported if you were hearing me format change kar diya isne slightly <laughs> okay no but I see, see if some if over reported doesn't have to be something that's a bad thing if it's over reported it is well no, i'm not saying bad thing really, but when we say over reported we then mean that it got much more attention than it really deserved but what you're saying it got the attention that it deserves and in that's in my opinion first we go find that ani reporter <laughs> and we tell him bro why have you done this <laughs> yeah you just eaten mm. up two days of the news cycle <laughs> which like pragya thing chahiye tha do the, both of you agree that uh, it got the attention that it deserved or i do think, think stuff like that has no value to mujhe, like a voter mujhe, it has zero value to a voter like i mean think about it i used like what am i going to do knowing about some woman who's just entered politics or her opinion on goat say yeah. it actually before casting my vote it has no value to me right so basant aapka kya vichar hai isme sahi keh rahe hain mujhe lagta hai ki aise comment ko zyada tawajjuh nahi deni chahiye aur jab sadhvi ne aisa kaha uske baad sara matlab media usi pe aa gaya aur chunav ke dauran ye sab ho raha tha 
और एक हैरान करने वाले गुड वे टू टेक अवे दिन महात्मा मैं जोड़ना चाह रहा हूँ आप कह रहे हैं कि उसने गोडसे को भक्त कह दिया मेरठ में पिछले 25-30 साल से गोडसे की मूर्ति लगा के पूजा होती है मैं उस व्यक्ति से मिल के आ चुका हूँ जो गोडसे को अपना भगवान कहता है तो गांधी जिस देश में गांधी को राष्ट्रपिता माना जाता है वहाँ गोडसे की पूजा हो रही है तो ऐसे कुछ लोग होते हैं जो दिमागी रूप से बीमार होते हैं हाँ बट देन एक हत्यारे को जो सपोर्ट करे दिमागी रूप से बीमारी है ना लेकिन दे आर नॉट रनिंग फॉर द पार्लियामेंट ऑल्सो सो यू आर यू आर इफ यू दिस वुमेन ऑन द ट्वेंटी आफ्टर ट्वेंटी थर्ड माइट बी स्टेपिंग इन द पार्लियामेंट एंड फॉर समन ऑफ दैट कैपेसिटी खराब दिन होगा भारत but what are the odds that this entire thing you know of like retracting pragya's comment and admonishing her publicly hmm. was actually a stunt pulled in like the last 48 hours of like campaigning or electioneering because you want to get votes from the other side of the spectrum also right you don't only want the hindu card votes and i guess it is possible you know which is the other side of the yeah, spectrum yeah yahi tha see what i'm trying to say is that thakur hmm. says this okay about right. godse and then modi admonishes her hmm who who does he get plus points or brownie points from he gets it from the liberals then right yeah. he doesn't get it from the who i would say pseudo nationalists so okay it's, it's now we are hearing a lot of conspiracy theories moving on from this topic basant आपके नज़र में कौन सी स्टोरी थी जो बहुत ही ज्यादा ओवर रिपोर्टेड थी नहीं होनी चाहिए थी वो हाँ. प्रधानमंत्री की केदारनाथ की यात्रा थे चुनाव प्रचार खत्म होता है जी. एक दिन बाद बंगाल में चुनाव है हम बंगाल इसलिए कह रहे हैं कि दोनों लोगों ने बीजेपी ने और ममता बनर्जी ने वहाँ काफ़ी ध्रुवीकरण किया एक दिन पहले प्रधानमंत्री पहुंच जाते हैं केदारनाथ बद्रीनाथ और वहाँ वहाँ जिस तरीके से ऐसे होता है जैसे फिल्म की शूटिंग चल रही हो हर भाव भंगिमा के साथ तस्वीरें क्लिक करवाते हैं और नेशनल मीडिया लग जाता है पंच केदारनाथ के दर पर पी तस्वीरें शेयर होने लगती है एक तरीके से आप मतलब प्रधानमंत्री की धार्मिक यात्रा है बहुत सारे प्रधानमंत्री गए यात्रा पे उनका उनको पूजा पाठ करना चाहिए अब वो वहाँ योगा करते हैं और ध्यान कर रहे हैं तो उसको भी चश्मा वो आप तस्वीरें देखिए कि कहाँ कहाँ कैमरा मैन घुस के तस्वीरें क्लिक कर रहे हैं धार्मिक यात्रा है कोई भारत सरकार की यात्रा उस तरीके की नहीं थी वो धार्मिक यात्रा पे थे अपना ध्यान मग्न ध्यान करने गए थे उसको नेशनल मीडिया में क्यों जरूरत है और हाँ। आपको ये बात पता है कि पश्चिम बंगाल में हिंदू मुस्लिम किया जा रहा है और इसका असर सीधे वहाँ होगा ये एजेंडा था कोई ऐसी यात्रा नहीं थी मुझे जहाँ लग रहा है नो आई वुड रिबद द सेंग कि वहाँ पे अभी डेवलपमेंट की बहुत ज़्यादा जरूरत है मोदी गोइंग देयर टेकिंग द मीडिया देयर वुड ब्रिंग देंशन टू दिचुएशन ऑफ द रीजन उन्नीस तारीख के चुनाव से पहले और सोलह सत्रह तारीख के चुनाव के बीच ही समय था You know what? That's true. मुझे ये जानने वाला है. Media should have brought this up so we can say कि quality of coverage, the questions that should have been raised, the issues that they should have been Le- focusing on, could have been more diverse. But should the media not have focused? आपको नहीं लग रहा कि वजह क्या हो सकती है कि उसको इतना ज़्यादा दिया जाना? In fact, has Modi go- sorry. In fact, has Modi gone to Kedarnath before in like the last five years that we even know of on like such a big scale? Why pick a time on like the last day of election hearing? You know. So this is a question that the media could have asked. So here we are talking about quality, not the quantity. But the question was something was that overreported. Five minute report. चला देते कि प्रधानमंत्री केदारनाथ गए हैं एक तस्वीर अखबार में छप जाती. चौबीस घंटा उसको चलाने की मुझे तो नहीं लगती. मुझे तो नहीं लगता कि इसकी कोई जरूरत थी. Aish. He knows he'll win. Uh, according to India today, he has booked all his foreign travels till September back in March. उसको पता है वो जीतेगा. और and if he wants to redeem that image of his because this term is going to see much more of what the first term has seen. So there will be more radical Hindutva. There he'll be Hindu Hindu Samrat by the end of twenty twenty four. 
तो ही बिल्ड बिल्ड दैट इमेज बट द वे द वे द कैमराज वर फंक्शनिंग एंड द वे दे वर सेट अप टू कैप्चर एवरी मोमेंट एवरी एंगल ऑफ हिज डिवोशन इट वॉज रादर डिस्टेस द क्वालिटी ऑफ कवरेज वॉज प्रॉब्लमैटिक बट मे और मे नॉट बी द क्वान्टिटी दे कुड हैव फोकस ऑन लॉर्ड ऑफ अदर इशूज given that the prime minister was going there and maybe focus on the development of the region and the yeah. much needed issues that should have gotten coverage gorov you were in the court when the mg akbar deposition was happening even this time what happened there could you tell us quickly so i'll wrap it up because like we've been covering priya ramani mg akbar for a while now but uh, the last time that the hearing happened rebecca john who is ramani's lawyer didn't get to cross examine akbar properly because geeta luthra just kept behaving like the girl in class geeta luthra is mj is mj akbar's uh, counsel so and she really reminds me of this that girl in class who just keeps shooting up her hand you know when the teacher is teaching and always wants to interrupt she's that person and this and that's time, a bad thing cherry was yeah. that person yeah cherry was that person, person. in school i like how you saying that huh but continue but, she i mean like you don't interrupt the teacher all the time right and the same way you don't interrupt the judge and uh, the way it works is when a cross examination is going on you have yielded the ground to the other lawyer you're not supposed to interrupt her back then anyway yesterday couple of main points uh the first was that the entire process of the deposition the entire cross questioning went on for over 3 and a half hours there were about 160 165 questions put to mj akbar uh he arrived late for uh, the hearing etc but outrightly he denied everything from start to end which includes that priya ramani met him when she was 23 years old at a oberoi hotel in uh, nariman point in bombay so starting from there he's just refuted everything basically all the questions put forth he's just said that you know i cannot recall it was 25 30 years back and uh, rebecca john did a solid solid job of cross questioning mj akbar and she really exhausted him but Geeta Luthra kept saying that you know when questions were posed about Harvey Weinstein and about all the women who have already accused Akbar of sexual harassment mm. she just kept saying that this is irrelevant i mean it's it, i'm not even a lawyer i've not even studied law or anything like that but it's not irrelevant because you're circling in on a point but you're not his lawyer right she is mj akbar's lawyer and she has to do whatever she has to do to defend her client within the code of conduct of the court and abiding by the ethics of law Yeah that so you, doesn't say that she can't no, no, raise objections No no but Gaurav is not making that point Gaurav is saying that even logically and even from a non you don't have to be a legal expert to know this that what uh, Rebecca John was arguing was rather logical and it makes sense to give that context How do you see How it's is irrelevant it that every that there are multiple women who've told MJ Akbar that there are multiple women who have accused MJ Akbar of falling that होटल रूम में जाके बुला के देन यू नो ट्राइंग टू बी वेरी टच अबाउट थिंग्स दैट्स बीन अ पैटर्न सो ऑब्वियसली रेबेका वॉज ट्राइंग टू पॉइंट टू दैट पैटर्न राइट एंड इफ इफ द अदर लॉयर इज ट्राइंग टू से इट्स इरेलीवेंट वेल मैम सरप्राइज बट इट्स नॉट नो बट एज अ पर्सन हुज वॉचिंग इट फ्रॉम द आउटसाइड इट्स नॉट राइट बट एज the lawyer who's defending mj akbar the case at hand is his defamation against priya ramani right. did she defame him did she not that is something that the lawyer is concerned with right, right. when we talk about geeta luthra and she's saying harvey weinstein ka case which happened outside the country how is this relevant to mj akbar versus priya ramani so she as mj akbar's lawyer is going to defend and then it becomes the judge's call to decide whether it's relevant or not no but defamation would definitely depend on the legitimacy of priya ramani's charges and if you have to prove that legitimacy then what rebecca john is doing is reasonable i'm not saying it's not reasonable but i'm saying what both the lawyers are doing is what they are doing because they are lawyers i think john is just playing it fair and geeta luthra is just being herself okay <laughs> uh, but tell me this were there other media houses yeah. how's the coverage been do you think it's gotten enough coverage do you think it should get more coverage so surprisingly it's this time for the first time actually since i've been covering the case for a while now this time there was a reporter from the telegraph in calcutta who showed up to cover it who was talking to john etc they came from calcutta yeah, or yeah. was this reporter from delhi no i think there were two boys who came from calcutta to cover this because this is the first time i've wow. seen them in court yeah so the i mean there's always the caravan wire where they uh, the quint is there so it does receive the coverage that it's meant to get i don't know why the uh, 
why television would not do something or the other on it you know maybe because like you don't have visuals or b roll or whatever but there should be like a certain slot where you can push in the story cuz he's an ex union minister yeah after all i think ndtv does that sometimes but not right after it but in the evening before prime time i have seen some coverage moving on coming to exit polls I really thought they were super overreported given how opaque and unreliable exit polls are and just the indulgence of media journalists political parties I thought it was a bit too much having said that several exit polls have predicted a clear win for the BJP led NDA but there are some things we should look at with caution some questions that need to be raised when we are talking about exit polls first what is the sample size of all these polls who are giving BJP led NDA a clear win right is the sample size diverse and representative enough or are they just taking urban people are they just taking people from one particular the region uh, is their caste diversity the challenge when we're talking about diversity and representation in the sample size it is getting the caste class gender math right because these are the vote banks a lot of political parties are depending on so some agencies like today's chanakya they release caste wise support estimates for different political parties right and then they extrapolate extrapolate this data to give approximate population share of these different groups but such a method is bound to dilute the random sampling process right randomization to remove the human bias if i am picking a particular group that means that process of eliminating human bias is not being eliminated so mm. bias is supposed will creep in so i mean when we are looking at exit poll numbers are we taking all this in, into consideration then there's this question of converting vote shares into seat shares there's so much opacity mm. how are you saying ki bhaiya this pollster who's converted it itna is party ko vote share milega into itna seat what is the methodology which is the toughest part by the way and polling convert, is a science right yes, i mean to convert the seat share into the number of seats you've actually won that's the biggest challenge any polling survey faces and i think one pollster also said that the seat share projections were based on quote unquote popularity of that political party and not the candidate access mind yeah yes. i can totally believe that by the way i mean this is odd to say the least so i mean that that was the access my india poll and they they've done that and they just did down their uh, you know p- candidate by candidate projection mm-hmm. on their website but now uh, they've just put up a search bar on mm-hmm. the india today website in special article and you can go and search for the constituency okay. so i think they updated something in the middle and it's back up again I but mean, yeah it's a very questionable methodology and mm-hmm. they claim to have a sample size of 8 lakh people i mm-hmm. think that's the biggest among all of them i mean um, the question is how are they reaching out to so many people is it based on an app is it in person interviews hmm. i mean if we don't have any details about it is it reliable and given the number of times the polls exit polls go wrong case in point being the 2017 gujarat assembly elections when the vote share of the bjp was 50% and it came uh, and it was two percentage points more than what it had in 2012 right yet the bjp's number of seats came down from 115 to 99 between 2012 and 2017 i mean if the conversion is not reliable the numbers are not reliable the data is not reliable it's opaque then why are we indulging in exit polls so much so i think it's been a pattern for since forever about the importance given to exit polls but in a very personal opinion and without not sounding too crass i would like to say that it's one of those uh, it's one of those pre ejaculation sort of scenes because you just can't hold it in till the election results are out yeah. so you just have to like you know dude let's just do this on a sunday and like there it has absolutely no value it has like okay cool maybe chanakya got it spot on in 14 but apart from that we've seen it go so terribly wrong and once again what value does it have to someone sitting at home and watching tv yeah. ki kya hone wala hai exactly and then imagine if there are eight exit polls and the way if they even take you know 3 lakh people sampling size mm. and they easily spend good 90 100 crore mm. on making sure what their predictions are or the way exit polls go unme se ek hi sahi hota hai to 
ओनली हंड्रेड करोड़ जस्टिफाइड स्पेंडिंग वो जो सात सौ करोड़ सात सौ सात पोलिंग एजेंसी ने लगाया वो तो क्या बट ये जो एक घंटे में वो लोग इतने एड वैड देते हैं लड़कों को दिया जाता था क्या करते थे दो सौ तीन सौ कॉपी उनको दी गई अब तो फोन पे भी हो रहा है बट कॉपी उस वक्त कॉपी पे कागज पे कराया जाता है वो दिन भर घूमते थे शाम को गए किसी पानवान की दुकान पे बैठे सिगरेट लिया और पीछे बैठ के अपने चार पांच दोस्तों पानवान की दुकान पे भाई जरा आके भर दो और वहीं 200 भरवा लिया पान की गुमटी के पीछे दिन भर का 500-700 रुपए लिया पान की गुमटी के पीछे भरवा दिया खुद 10-20 भर दिया ला के जमा कर दिया वो उसको बताएंगे कि हमने ये किया वो किया एंड वॉज दिस हैपनिंग लाइक राइट आफ्टर पोलिंग ड्यूरिंग पोलिंग बिफोर द पोल डेट्स वर अनाउंस नहीं चुनाव के दौरान ही चल रहा था कि लोगों का मूड क्या है यूपी में लोगों का मूड क्या है दिस ब्रिंग्स मी टू अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट पॉइंट कंसर्निंग एग्जिट पोल सो सेक्शन वन ट्वेंटी सिक्स ए ऑफ द रिप्रेजेंटेशन ऑफ द पीपल एक्ट सेज दैट कोट नो पर्सन शाल कंडक्ट एनी एग्जिट पोल्स एंड पब्लिश और पब्लिसाइज द एग्जिट रिजल्ट ऑफ एनी एग्जिट पोल्स ड्यूरिंग सच अ पीरियड एज नोटिफाइड बाई द इलेक्शन कमीशन अनकोट इट्स नॉट जस्ट पब्लिसाइजिंग द रिजल्ट इट्स नॉट जस्ट गिविंग आउट द नंबर्स बट दे के नॉट कंडक्ट दीज पोल्स ड्यूरिंग द इलेक्शन एंड दिस पीरियड एज नोटिफाइड बाई द इलेक्शन कमीशन इज फ्रॉम द फर्स्ट डे ऑफ पोलिंग फ्रॉम द फर्स्ट टाइम द पोलिंग ओपन्स टू थर्टी मिनट्स आफ्टर द लास्ट पोलिंग क्लोजेस एंड इफ पोलस्टर्स आर डूइंग द सर्वेज ड्यूरिंग द पोलिंग दे आर इन क्लियर वायलेशन ऑफ दिस एक्टिंग one of the best political essays written in the 5 years of modi uh, government it's a uh, caravans may story called the liberals who loved and lost modi by praveen dhondi i think it was just a fantastic read so anyone who's not subscribed to caravan should go and subscribe and read it and those who have subscribed it they should make <laughs> something good of their subscription <laughs> and go and read it as well i think praveen is one excellent reporter Yeah and this is not just a report this is just uh, you know being an essayist and putting your ideas out so well so that's there uh gorov what's your recommendation uh it's this piece for the guardian called praise for gandhi assassin caps acrimonious indian election campaign uh it talks about all the mudslinging that's been going on and uh, i it's it's written by michael safi from delhi itself and uh, the piece mainly talks about how how dirty Indian politics gets during election time how people tend to overlook it and it talks about everything that Modi has lost out on in the last 5 years Basant what's your recommendation Ha Raj Sabha channel pe ek purana show hai ki Kalam Gawa hai show ka naam hai isme kafi jo purane sampadak hain journalism ke un sab ka interview hai jisme Kuldeep Nayar sahab ka uske baad Said Nakvi ka hai तो ये मैं तीन चार नाम कम से कम कुलदीप नैयर का और सईद नकवी का जरूर देखें क्योंकि काफ़ी जानकारी है इसमें जर्नलिज्म को लेकर भी और हमारे भारतीय राजनीति की भी बातें हैं सो गैस टू चेक दैट आउट एंड टू रेकमेंडेशन दैट आई हैव इज अ पीस बाय रोशन किशोर ऑन हिंदुस्तान टाइम्स इट्स अबाउट हाउ टू रीड दी टू एग्जिट पोल्स एंड लाइक आयुष मैंशन रुकमनी एस हैज़ रिटन अ पीस फॉर द प्रिंट कॉल फोर हेल्थ वार्निंग्स यू नीड टू नो बिफोर वॉचिंग द एग्जिट पोल रिजल्ट टू सो definitely check out these two pieces and the other recommendations of the panelists and that's a wrap for this episode thank you to everyone who's listening to us do write to us please send your feedback we do discuss them we do think about how to make this podcast better if you want to send us your feedback uh, you can tweet to any of us you can instagram dm gorav and i or you can write to me at chariotnewslaundry.com also remember to pay to keep news free independent and azad you can help us by putting a word out about this Super amazing fantastic podcast by young reporters you can tweet it out with hashtag reporters without orders and you can also join us on this podcast dear subscribers and if you want to join us 
to talk about what's been overreported to talk about what's been underreported do write to parikshit at newslaundry.com or to contact at newslaundry.com and i hope you subscribe and join a growing tribe happy subscribing all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.